We're bringing the Halloween vibes just a little bit early this this year, right now. Yeah, it's pretty great. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Player Five Podcast. My name is Austin. Alongside with me is Brendan. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? You doing good week this week? I had a good week this week, man. Had a, had a lot of fun. Played a little bit more Minecraft than I should have. I don't think I played anything yeah. else. Uh, how was your week, man? It's good. Uh, play a little Borderlands. Uh, the Hearthstone Solo Adventures stuff's coming out slowly, and um, yeah, just been doing that. Played a little Minecraft with you, so that's right. That's right. We'll have to get you back on some more. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Player 5 Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, our podcasts. Written this not my day. <laughs> <laughs> Finish that for me, please. <laughs> uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And not in that order, but in any order, actually. <laughs> Find us on all uh, those things that Rinna just mentioned us on. We've had a great week. Uh, we got some four awesome topics for y'all. Again, a second week in a row, Rinna, with no Nintendo topic. Yeah, that is that is weird. They kind of hit a hit us with a lot of stuff at the last direct, and then just kind of dropped yeah, they, off. They've been a little, they've been a little quiet, but they have <laughs> done some things. Renan, most notably, Mario Kart Tour on the mobile phone has dropped. I haven't been able to play it, but I know you have. How'd it go? Yeah, it's kind of wonky to be honest. To get get used to the, the controls. Um, most notably is that at first it seems like the controls are inverted, which you may like, cause I know you're, you like inverted controls. Um, but it's not as intuitive as you would think, like just from like a fun to play standpoint, but it is fun knowing you can play Mario Kart. And the only thing is though, is that, um, there's a lot of microtransactions. They've really kind of went with that model that we saw in Dr. Mario world. And I guess with Mario run as well as they, you play for free, but then they try and get your money in all kinds of other ways that, you know, typically we don't like as most people, most play, people who play games don't really like that. And mm-hmm. it kind of feels weird coming from Nintendo, but you know, it's, it's still fun. I mean, you can still play for free and enjoy it. You just can't do as much, but, um, you know, I mean, microtransactions or whatever. I just, I don't know. You'll have to give, you have to play it. See, tell me what you think. Cause I think you'll like the controls actually. It's just that, you know, once you get to a point, you get to a paywall, and you're like, eh, okay, maybe I'll just put this down for a little bit. Right. But, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, Epic Games, they actually gave away six free Batman games on their PC store. I wanted to make a PSA of that uh, here at the beginning, just so everybody knows, because uh, six six free games in general is amazing. But Epic, Epic, they did this for Batman Day, which is apparently September 21st. Um, that was Batman Day, and the six games I give you away is the trilogy of the Lego Batman games, which are pretty good. I mean, I'm sure they're fun, but no, most notably the trilogy of the Arkham game. So Arkham Asylum, Arkham city and Arkham Knight, which are all three amazing games. I'll tell you right now, I've played all three of those hundred percent at Arkham city. Those games are amazing and they're free. So that's pretty great. I mean, uh, just, just PSA, go hit that up. If you have Epic game store, um, but they also, uh, as, as a lot of people know who play Fortnite, they also implemented a F- Batman crossover that's live in Fortnite now. Where they turned part of the map into Gotham City, and they have some cosmetic and stuff. So that's pretty cool. They they apparently are dropping hints at a new Batman game. I saw some of that, but nothing really came of it yet. I haven't seen 
too too much more from that so okay. that's pretty exciting um all, also i wanted to mention here at the top that steam uh they we've had some news this is a little bit older this kind of came out at the end of last week after we recorded but i wanted to mention it uh there is a lawsuit going on in France where they are going they're going after online stores similar to Steam and most notably Steam saying that whenever you buy a game that you own it and you have the right to resell it and Steam is I trying agree. to Yeah, right? So Steam is trying to kill it, nip it in the bud as fast as possible, but it's only in France right now and apparently They've appealed it, and there's some, there's some. It's like kind of dying out, but the people who are suing them are coming at them hard, coming back, and going to be going after other stores, not just Steam too. So, we'll definitely need to keep an eye out for that. You know? I, I agree with that. I mean, if, just real quick, I would, I would argue that that everyone should should do that, and I would think that that would be a really good way to like, if if you were like, all right, I I sell this game. Uh, you know, so it's at a little cheaper price. People can go on and, and and try to buy it. Steam could do a thing where like they get a percentage of that. You know, where like, hey, right. if you sell this game, like we're getting five or ten percent of it. Uh, but you can kind of sell it at whatever you price you want. They they might can make like a minimum price or something. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I and that would definitely take GameStop out of business because <laughs> we mean, all get more money up. for games than. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm with that. I, go France. Don't yeah, surrender right. this one, France. Whatever yeah. you do, don't surrender on this one. Yeah, definitely keep an eye out because I think I think if France ends up passing something something like that, you know, it's going to spread fast. And I think even just the news of it happening in France, I think it's already on something. Someone's brewing something here in the U.S. You know they are. Oh yeah. Um, also, for the last PSA before we start our topics, is that Gearbox has released a huge bug fix update for Borderlands Three today, as of recording. So uh, yesterday, if you're listening, uh, they're going to be addressing a lot of the issues that people were upset about when Borderlands came out. You know, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about people being mad about Borderlands and the dropped frame rates and all the bugs, and even I had a bug that I was telling you about. Um, but that actual bug was mentioned in the patch notes and that that think it'll be fixed. So I'm, I haven't downloaded it yet and played it, but just if you play in Borderlands 3 and you were experiencing those issues, definitely update. And um, hopefully we can put this bad launch behind us and we're not looking at another Fallout 76 launch. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they get it right within a week, then I think all is good, you know? Uh, mistakes happen and, and, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, so I really do hope uh, that this does fix everything right. or and at they, least a, a lot of the major problems. Yeah. I don't think we're looking at something as bad as like, uh, the fall of 76. I just, uh, as a joke, I like guess that's a point of reference of like the worst way to launch a game. And yeah. I think your box is far away from that, but, um, especially if they address a lot of these issues up front. So yeah, go do that. But with that said, let's go ahead and hop into our first topic, Austin. Um, oh, you ca- you were excited to talk about this. Uh, the Oculus quest, which is Oculus owned by Facebook. It's their uh, standalone uh, um, VR kit that they have. They are introducing new technology and they have implemented a technology that lets you sense, it lets the headset sense your hands basically use an AI. So you don't have to use controllers. And I think that's definitely 
uh, complex system that they've implemented, and I'm very impressed by it, especially if it works the way that they're kind of saying it's going to. But, um, Austin, do you think this is a game changer when it comes to VR technology? And do you think it will make, make, might make the VR community grow? Because it's kind of a small community. Still. Yeah. And you and I don't play VR. Let's just go ahead and, and throw that out there. We don't own any VR systems. I've never tried a VR thing ever. I don't know if you've ever had the, the pleasure to. I did. Uh, and actually, I want to say it was actually kind of cool at Microsoft stores in uh, you know certain, like especially bigger cities, they have a Halo VR experience. And mm-hmm. it was pretty amazing. I just got to say that was, that was, was awesome. <laughs> now, obviously, they already had it all set up. But did you feel like it was a little wonky with controllers in your hands? Oh, or yeah. Like uh, yeah. You you couldn't even move like uh there's no moving you just have to stand in one spot and your character doesn't move everything around you moves so it's kind of i don't know it felt really wonky in general and most vr situations feel wonky to me and you know yeah it's vr has always seemed limited with just like this one enhanced experience which is you know the fact that it looks like it's all happening right in front of your eyes uh that's kind of its big thing so a lot of people veer away from VR for one because it's complex to set up, and and just two like they're the limits that we were talking about, and just not much for it. So I I think there was one time where you and I on this podcast had said maybe a, a I would have to say before the thirty episodes came around that we didn't think that VR would ever make any major steps to improve itself. Or have a yeah. long-lasting life that it was a it was a thing and it's going to fade out eventually. I think this might I don't want to say turn the corner, but I think this might delay the fade. Uh, I think this will help grow the VR community a little bit. Uh, yeah, because I think this is what VR needed it to be all the time, or or. or what it should have yeah, been real, in a ideal world yeah yeah this is what it should have been you, you shouldn't have had the controllers or, or anything like that like your hands should be able to do everything and so obviously facebook themselves is putting out the videos so it obviously looks as clean as possible how how effective is it i guess we don't know yet uh we'll have to wait until it actually drops but yeah. from what we've seen it looks like it's pretty effective and yeah with with that, I I actually think that it could do some damage. I I, I think it will. I think it'll. I think it'll pique some interests. And I, I think if you can come up with some good games for it, I, I think it could do some. Yeah, I uh, I think it could too. I obviously, am impressed by the technology and the fact that they can do that. It, it kind of reminds me of like the Connect when um when the Connect first came out, and they were like, you can basically have a Wii with no Wiimote. You know, that was kind of their direct competition with the Nintendo Wii when Microsoft did that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me of that. Um, But to be honest, the thing that excites me more about this uh, news in general is that the Oculus Quest is their standalone VR headset. Um, It's, you know, it has a battery and it doesn't have to be tethered to a PC at all times. But they're doing the good thing for the people who like VR and they're making it where it can be tethered to a PC and improve performance and improve its game library and connect to the Rift, uh, Oculus Rift uh, uh, library of games. So that's, I think that is more exciting to me than this new gimmick they're trying to introduce personally because it makes it 
like it's like backwards compatibility on a new console. Like they introduced their newest, you know, high-end Oculus standalone VR set, and they're making it backwards compatible with their old stuff. You know, and I, I respect that, and that's kind of what more piqued my interest in this. But I think this is a game changer in terms of like the technology, but I don't think it's going to save VR. I'm a little suspicious like you, but I think I'm more suspicious. I think VR is kind of, it's, it's such a gimmick still that unless we see something drastic and I got to say, this is interesting and impressive, but I don't think it's drastic enough to kind of turn around the, where, where it's going. I think VR is still going to die off pretty soon. And then maybe we, and you know, and years later, we see something similar make a resurgence, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too convinced in actually pulling things in the in a good direction for the VR. You know, it's you know future. Yeah, honestly. but but you have to think, Rendon. We've said it. We just said it. Other people have said it many times that VR is going to fade. It's going to die. But if it if everyone believes that way, you have to wonder why is every market that's doing it still pursuing it in some way you know um yeah you have to think that you know someone like facebook and sony and we know sony is like so sony's pretty down to keeping things away like their dual shot controller has not changed their the way that their console looks has not really changed all that much over the years, you know, past the right. PS1. And they continue to, to try to find new ways into VR, I would say more than Xbox does. Uh, yeah. You have to think that somewhere in the numbers is telling them that whoever gets the first breakthrough, it's going to go, it's going to go well for, you know? And I, yeah, I just wonder. And I, I think in Sony's scenario though, it, I think Sony goes hard into it more than anyone else um, besides like, you know, the actual VR companies that are like the games that are made for specific PC VR things is that I will say Sony has uh, the market on VR in like an affordable way in general because, you know, Xbox and Nintendo doesn't offer a similar feature besides, I guess you could say Nintendo Labo is VR, but <laughs> not really. Um you know, it Sony is the only console, modern, you know, current gen console that offers a VR experience. So, them going in on it even to even now just makes me think that that they still want the return on investment that they had implementing that technology um, in their you know on their consoles. So, you know, I I think it's interesting, and I think it's definitely a really cool thing if you're in that community and I love VR. And uh, the fact that you're still getting love, but you know, ultimately, it's going to be a, a like a niche, like a niche community, anyways. And um, you know, unless we see some drastic stuff, I don't think it's going to save. But you know, back to the the whole hand AI gestures, I do think it does implement a lot of things that may not necessarily be for games like they even showcase in the showcase video that they had they showed off a game but they also showed off some some like test scenario where this guy was trying to locate some like water damage or whatever and like i think being that facebook owns oculus i think that 
they're not necessarily focused totally in on games as far as like Oculus is concerned. I think that they're trying to create craft experiences that can help in multiple ways and not just for entertainment. Do you think you know, that'll? So, do you think that'll be? Do you think that's a good move overall? I definitely do. I think because I think if you're looking at like what we've been saying and that how small of a community within a gaming community that VR is, you have to diversify and find ways to, you know, make your product, you know, sell to something that isn't always going to be around maybe. Right, Renan, earlier this week, we got a PlayStation State of Play. The thing that PlayStation's doing to, I guess, not compete with Nintendo Directs, but, you know, kind of kind of do their own thing. And, and yeah. obviously, as they're taking themselves away from E3, it seems like. Uh, we definitely had a couple of highlights for it that we're going to get into. But first, I know you saw a little bit of it, Rendon. A weird start. And... I also want to talk about how they transition from game to games that I think that looks a lot like the way that Nintendo Direct does. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think it, their state of plays are, are going so far? I think they are trying to copy Nintendo outright. And honestly, not to the effect that I think that they think it's getting because Nintendo they're special and everyone knows that like when all when these game developers come out like it's like actually kind of sweet and kind of home feeling like you feel at home being taken care of by this really cool japanese guy you know like <laughs> i don't know like you it, it feels personal you know and these it's like they're trying to implement the same like look but it's just a voiceover and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel the same. But I think they're trying to be like Nintendo, like really bad. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, was, I take the state of plays. They're, they're dry and straight to the point where Nintendo directs, they put some pizzazz to it. Like they try to throw in a joke here and there. Um, you just think yeah. of even, you know, when the screen is transitioning from game to game. You know, and the background, it's mostly a white background, but they have like the little white X's and O's and dashes that are just kind of, you know, fading in or out and moving around. Whereas, you know, the PlayStation was kind of a it's a gray screen that just kind of moved and trans- slid over to the next game. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely more straight to the point, more going into the action. Uh, they, again, like I said, it was a very interesting beginning. They were definitely trying, uh, they were definitely trying to grab some attentions with the first game that they showed. Which, out of every yeah, highlight really we're going to go over here, I would have to say that was a, a very much a WTF, what am I watching right now? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I, uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's weird, but at the same time, it looks kind of interesting from like a standpoint of, you know, I, I don't know, like overall seeing this big world where it's like these people are running around. <laughs> the game's called Humanity, by the way, if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about. If you watch, they introduced some new game that is going to be developed. It's like really closely with Sony for PS4 only that um, is looks to be like some kind of organization game where you're like trying to organize where these people are walking. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but 
it was definitely weird to say the least. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of stuff going on. Let's go ahead and get into some of the highlights. Let's start with uh, what our theme song was going with. Uh, Medieval. We knew that was going to get uh, remastered, but it definitely looks good. I know that there was earlier some doubts about it, like a, a, a little bit. Uh, but the new trailer looked really good. I don't think you ever played Medieval, Renan. Have you? No, You're I not, haven't. I know we're... we're out of all the the three, you know, systems, I know that Sony is kind of our, our shaky spot, but Medieval looks looks really good. Uh, we got to see a PS4 bundle for Death Stranding, Rendon. Uh, yeah, I know that you actually were blown away by this bundle. Well, yeah, I mean it's a good deal, but also, I mean it just looks awesome. <laughs> the the PS4 Pro, the skin they have on it, that's you know based around the game, it. It just looks awesome. Like it, if I ever got a PS4 or PS4 Pro, I would want it to look like that. Like, and I'm very impressed by the design they made and the design choices they made. Yeah, the, it looks. It's a really nice looking bundle. Uh, Civilization Six is coming to PS4, and then the big one that they showed at the very end was Last of Us Part Two, and we got its yeah. release date of February 21st. Uh, soon, yeah, Pretty soon. No, not that. Not too too far away from it and we got to see more of the reboot of uh call of duty modern warfare now we're gonna get into call of duty modern warfare in its own kind of way here in a second but it looks good it looked really good yeah (laughs) no i mean we always we were talking before the show and we were saying like oh every time we saw a call of duty game or when we were kids it was like wow the graphics look so amazing but like they just get better and better and I mean, seriously, the graphics on this, uh, at least the cinematics of Call of Duty, are just like mind blowing. Honestly, um, they look it looks amazing. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't really play Call of Duty. I haven't really played it since Modern Warfare Two, basically. Um, and you know, I mean, I would get it if I had friends playing it. Maybe, probably not, <laughs> to be honest. But you know, to see Modern Warfare get love, the characters that I actually did like, like. Call of Duty, I liked it when it was all about Modern Warfare. So seeing Captain Price right. back and uh, Soap and, uh, you know, it's just like some new characters that are they look pretty interesting coming along. Um, it's just seeing that kind of being played with again makes me happy. I'm sure anyone who's a fan of Modern Warfare is pretty excited about it in general. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to be another Call of Duty game. Just like... Well, from, I, you know, I, I have to feel like people agree with you for the most point like i think a lot of of people got into the the modern warfare hype and then uh there was a a treyarch got themselves in and they did the uh call of duty world at war game i believe uh the the world war ii one then we got Modern warfare 2 then we got black Ops one and then we got black ops 2 i think after call of duty ghosts I think it was. I don't know the order, but that sounds right. Black Ops 2 may have come before Ghost, but I, I, I get I, real shaky when it comes to that. I have a feeling that after Black Ops 2, a lot of people kind of fell off. And, yeah, I think the the care. initial the initial hype from the Modern Warfare, like which is kind of like the best time as far as like Call of Duty, in my in my opinion, I think a lot of people fall, fell off after a while. It was like, okay, they're doing some new stuff. New stuff. It's kind of weird. I'm not. I'm not into this anymore. But yeah, that was definitely a golden age. I think definitely. So do you? I mean, 
we could get into the fact that they're re you know reimagining or rebooting it um you know a different take of of it in which i i like it i like how they're doing it i mean we've already gotten the original modern warfare remake so i mean it's not like we really need that at this point i don't know i I feel like a lot of people are going to get into it more than you think because i think you know obviously they showed off captain price a lot i think that's a lot of people's favorite characters from the modern warfare series i mean he's super charismatic yeah it's like he he's definitely their best character i would say just like call of duty like quintessential like character for their franchise well also let's just keep talking about modern warfare Uh, um we also got an announcement it wasn't in the state of play as far as i i think um it was. It came later, but basically there was an announcement that Call of Duty Modern Warfare will have a game mode, the survival mode inside the Spec Ops part of the game, that's going to be exclusive for PS4 for one year after launch, which, honestly, it could be a first. There's probably something that happened in the past that is similar to this, where uh, a specific mode in a game is exclusive but most of the time when we hear exclusive it's talking about full game so this is definitely weird new territory i think that we've seen and just to mention why people are even more upset about this than normal uh you know one cool thing that call of duty's done is they've gone the extra mile and they've made it cross play from the get-go so ps uh ps4 xbox and pc for Call of Duty Modern Warfare, when it comes out, it's going to be all cross-play from the get-go. So that's incredible, but it makes it even more awkward that one section of that community is going to have access to a game mode that no one else will. So especially if you play Call of Duty with friends that don't, anyone else that in your party that has a, then no one else in your party has a PS4 and you do, it makes it real awkward. So, what, I mean, Austin, what do you think about this? This is kind of crazy uncharted territory, right? Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen a timed exclusivity on a mode. Uh, I mean, like you said, it may have happened before, but obviously I'm not a game of this magnitude. Like, it had to be right. a, a rinky-dinky game that probably no one really cared for too much. Or remembers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe it did show at the state of play at the very bottom. You know, that tiny lettering that you got to read you know at the bottom of a contract i think it they they did do that at, on the state of play well so the I more i hear here heard it. about it was through articles and online like on twitter and stuff so that they uh, that's kind of more where it got delved delved into deeper is what i meant yeah um i gotta tell you i don't like the move i don't and i understand yeah. money's powerful and business is business you got to respect it you know, uh, and Sony's Sony's obviously, you know, there are I would say they're technically at the top of the totem pole still. And I don't think they want to lose that anytime soon. You and I have discussed if they will. And I think that as of recently, I've come to the realization that they may not lose their top spot in the totem pole. But what we'll start to see more. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um. Yeah, me either. It's, honestly, it's just another precedent that's going to be set. Where you know we've just in the last few years we've just seen precedent after precedent, and every time we see a precedent, you know, you and I, Renan, we come on here and says, "Oh, well, we're scared of what this is going to, 
you know, do in the future of things. And I think that we're seeing some of that stuff now pop up more. So, you know, yeah. I don't, we obviously don't know how popular the mode will be. In some sense, it'll kind of keep the game alive in a year because maybe after people are done playing it a year later when the new mode comes out, people on Xbox will be like, oh, well, let me go ahead back on and, and try it out. And, you know, maybe it'll expand the lifespan for a little bit, but it's to what, to what, you know, end, right? Well, like, okay, you say that, but we see a new Call of Duty game basically like every year. I mean,. By the time that this is not exclusive anymore on PS4 and you can play it on Xbox and PC, it's like they're just looking for the next Call of Duty game. I mean, you know, the best thing I can compare it to as far as, like, a long life for a shooter is, like, Overwatch. And, you know, if you play Overwatch for a full year and you're enjoying it, after a while it's like, yeah, maybe this new mode opens up, but it's not going to fundamentally change that much of the game. You know, so I don't think it's a good move. Obviously, it's you know, pissing people off, but also I think it's a bad move, like from a company standpoint and like, because like they, I know it's like 1% of the game. Basically this is only like a very small portion of the game, but being that it's cross play, it's even more in your face every single time. If so happen, if this happens to be like a really fun game mode, it's like every time that you want to play it, if you have an Xbox or PC, you can't, it's just like, why did I pay $60 for a game that I can't get the full experience of, but other people can, you know, it's different. If, if, if you couldn't buy the game at all, then you're not putting that money in. It's like, it's like if you were on PlayStation, you didn't get mad that other people had halo because you didn't have to invest money. But in this scenario, you're putting in money and you're not getting the experience. Other people are, and they're getting more than you. In fact, you know, so you know what? I just don't think it's a good idea in any way at all. That that's a very good point that I didn't even like think of because I'm thinking from a I I thought more from a business perspective, but you're right from a consumer you know perspective. Like if the game is the same price all across the board, yeah, I have a bigger is. issue with it. Yeah, no, right. that's 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 kind of unethical because even still, like even though you could say, oh well, they technically get the full game eventually down the line people are still going to have the fuller game for an entire year more. Like that's a problem. Yeah. That's not right. That's not a precedent that I'm okay with. And you know what? This is such a sneaky way to pull it off too, because we were just talking, you know, basically a few minutes ago that, you know, more people are into the original modern warfare series. It's the whole reason why they're bringing it back and bringing back captain price. Everyone knows who captain price is that cares. I guarantee you modern warfare you know, or Call of Duty 4 and Call of Duty 6, I believe, are, were like the top two selling Call of Duties that they had. I I would debate that probably. Or yeah. if not the best selling, the most beloved. And that that's an easy debate. Um, so yeah, I mean, it had the most impactful storyline, I would think. Personally. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where now it's like, well, you know, obviously I want this game. It's it's they're going back to the original roots of modern warfare but this is kind of unfair so unless you have a playstation 4 you know it's like i don't know this is really dumb i think it's really dumb yeah. i think that there's microtransactions could... into this mode still it's like you know what's the point of having it like you said until the next call of duty comes out unless the next call of duty is a a you know the the second part of this modern warfare reboot at the same time who says that that one 
or whatever the next Call of Duty won't have the same thing, you know? Right. And to me, it's like a lose lose situation because when they finally open up the exclusivity, they've said a year, but say in a perfect world, there was so much outrage that they were like, okay, we'll open it up three months afterwards. At that point, you're still, it's a lose situation for you if you're EA or uh, Infinity War because it's just like, then they're going to have a bad taste in your mouth. It's like whenever they finally gave us backwards compatibility with Xbox, they wanted us to be like, oh, wow, you did this thing. But it's kind of like the reaction was more like, uh, thanks for doing the thing that you should have done from the beginning. You right, dumb. like making like, us yeah, grateful for the <laughs> things that like, and obviously we, we as humans need to be always grateful, but at the same time, it's like, there's a, there's a difference be... between being grateful and being trained to be grateful on things that you shouldn't be grateful for, right? Like, yeah, it's like they're taking something away for you from you to give it to you one day so you'll be happy, and but they still took it away from you. So it's like, what what's the point? So I get I guess the verdict is that we can both say we kind of hate this move, and I I don't know about you, but I really hope it doesn't become a trend. Personally. Well, you know it is. And, you know, again, then the question is, what's next? You know, like, yeah, that's how we've it gone works. into game modes. We like who would have yeah. thought that, you know, you know, EA is going to find a way to top it, too. Yeah, that's my problem is that EA, we keep allowing EA to do this stuff. And yeah, and it just keeps, well, and, you know, but it's, less it's the EA, core more games, Sony. Though. It's the core yeah. games, though. Like you think about it, it's the it's the Maddens and the NBAs and the Call of Duties, you know, that keep repeating themselves every year. That that pulls this off, and it's like, at some point, I have to wonder when are the consumers going to speak with their money and just not care, you know? Yeah. Again, which is why I think that Call of Duty's bringing back the Modern Warfare series. I think just the last few just flop. The numbers didn't do so well. We don't care anymore, so they have to bring back something we care about, you know. Because how yeah. many times no, do you I, sell the same thing? <laughs> it's very true. And, you know, whenever, uh, about a year ago, whenever we got the Black Ops 4 um, Battle Royale mode and people were really bummed out about like, Well, they were really excited about it then. But then when the game came out, it was really bummed because, like, the game in general just wasn't good. And I feel like, you know, if we get something like this, if this comes out as disappointing, not only will it prove that Call of Duty is on some kind of downfall, but it'll also be personal because this is characters and a franchise within the call of duty universe of the modern warfare series that they will have messed up and uh hopefully it goes well for them because so far it's not looking that good i don't know i mean they're obviously still going to sell for the people that are into the old modern warfares but yeah kind of a kind of a bum move So earlier today, Renan, we got a new Jedi Fallen Order trailer showing some interesting plot points of what we're going to get. And we believe we saw our new antagonist, a woman working for the Sith, and she has a pretty cool lightsaber, I'm not going to lie, and some other cool little abilities. So it it wasn't a a big trailer, Renan, but it it had a lot of action-packed in it for what we saw so yeah what was your takeaway Renan? well uh i really did like her lightsaber saber as you said <laughs> as you as you called it <laughs> the saber saber um, the saber saber yeah it has like a the hilt on it has the kind of like traditional looking 
thing, but it it's a saber hilt. Seems to be, <laughs> it's a saber yeah, hilt. Saber hilt, but it, but it also seems like it might be a blade of some kind, which I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I think you and I both, in like in general, liked what we saw from this. I think that you know what we saw in the the last one. I know I was impressed by it a lot more than you. What we saw at E three, the gameplay and such, but um, you know, a lot of people don't like what they've done with the Star Wars. Uh, series like since the reboots have come back and I don't know like this is returning to us a, a time you know closer to the ones we love the original series and so I think they may do a good job I got some vibes from this new antagonist the woman that she is somehow related to the our antag our protagonist um I don't know why but I just got that feeling that and there's already been some theories th- saying that she might could be part of the Knights of Ren, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but her helmet and just her vibe kind of looks like Kylo Ren, so I could see where that's coming from. But yeah, I don't know. I definitely get some cool vibes from her, and it seems like, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of action packed like story to be had in this game, and it makes me a lot more excited for the game than I was. And it, we don't have long to wait. It's coming out pretty soon. I think it's November. Um I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what what'd you think about it? This was the best one I've seen. I've seen a lot of, you know, every time that they dropped a new trailer, I, I came on here and said, you know, they they were kind of playing it simple. And I like that up front. I was I was really down for that. Eventually though, I was like, all right, I'm I'm kind of getting worried. I need to see something. And uh yeah. this was the something I needed to see. This was the thing that told me like, all right, this is going to be a good game. And EA is saying they're not going to screw it up. They didn't say it like that, but they're just saying... They've said that, oh, the, we're not going to put any microtransactions or anything in it. You know, basically saying we're going to try not to screw this up. Or make y'all mad at this. So, it makes yeah. me a lot more excited about it. It makes me think this is a potential first day or first week buy for me. With that said, to your That's point good. earlier on kind of your theories, you know, saying that the our antagonist and protagonist might be related in some way. I'm sure in a way they are because this whole timeline that we've gotten from the movies of star Wars to, to now has always been kind of a, a family affair thing. Even I remember uh, an interview with George Lucas that says, you know, a lot of people's first impression of star Wars, oh, it's a space story and such, but he says it was to me, it's always been a family sitcom. And as long as they <laughs> yeah. keep that, you know, format, I guess, or, or mindset when they go into these games and whatnot, then yes, they could be related. And that's not a far stretch because star Wars has always been, Oh, you're, we're related. Oh shoot. And we're fighting each other. You know, this kind of always yeah. been what star Wars has been. Um, yeah. So I will, I, I will be interested to see to what extent the relationship between the antagonist and protagonist is, um, you know, has the prota- has the antagonist been searching for the protagonist? We know that this guy has been hiding the fact that he had the Force, because um, I think this was after Order sixty six. Um, yeah, yeah. So wait, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm 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 intrigued by this game. I really am. I, I think that this game has shown enough to sit there and say yes, everyone should deserve to give this game a chance, even if it's from EA. And I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just can't get over the idea of like 
a sitcom with Star Wars characters. Because <laughs> you said family sitcom, and I just thought of like the that's, cheesy '90s sitcom, like Full House. But it's like Darth Vader and Luke. That's and- <laughs> George Lucas's words, not mine. <laughs> I know it's so great. I I want that to happen now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I I feel the same way. And uh, that was some really cool things showed off. Like uh, it looks like there's a travel system. You know, like you're on board. What well, looks like. It's not the Millennium Falcon, Falcon, but it's a similar, like, cool-looking ship. You know, they do the space travel stuff pretty cool in the, those games usually. Um, but there's also, like, a fight we saw where it's, like, a Rancor mixed with, like, a bat, which is yeah. pretty cool. I mean, the standout things that you did in Force Unleashed, which is another popular Star Wars game, um, you know, the Rancor fights are always the best. So if we're getting more stuff like that in the game, I'm sure that'll be super fun. There's also some really cool ways he's like pulling his lightsaber out and like the, he's like, he's like twirling it around and like throwing it and stuff. So I don't know. I, you know, as much as people get into the debates in friend circles about if star Wars is good or not now, if it feels fun to play, then I think it's going to be easy to forget like what, whatever qualms you may have with the story. I think, you know, a fun gameplay experience in the Star Wars universe, regardless if it makes sense to you personally, could be, you know, really, really fun. And those Rancor fights were always, like I said, the best part of Force Unleashed. So, you know, I'd love to see that. Yeah. I definitely would love to see it. And, and when it comes, and, you know, maybe even if, if the story is great, because especially if it's a family thing where it's his mom or something or his <laughs> sister or something, like that could be very cool and like emotional story, you know? It could be. And, you know, a lot of people's, you know, quarrels with with how Star Wars has come to be is because you know the the direction that they went with the story and such like that, with uh you know Episode Seven and up. But this is, if I'm correct, in between Episode Four and Five. Um, I think it's between three and four. You're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Three and four. Um, I got mixed up on which was which. Between three and four. And so it's really hard to to mess up what's going on between there, right? There's only so much you can change around. My right. other interest is, does Star Wars Force Unleashed have any implications on this game? Because if I remember correctly, that game was also between 3 and 4, and you're, the character you played as was uh, Vader's kind of pupil correct yeah yes and i will say i do not know for 100 percent, but i'm pretty sure whenever disney took over star wars and decided to reboot the franchise they retconned a lot of books and i believe that was one of the storylines that was retconned uh the force unleashed storyline so i'm not i'm not saying that as a fact but i'm pretty sure it's not recognized because it's kind of a ridiculous storyline to be honest i mean it was a fun game but the fact that you use the force to pull a starship out of the sky or out of the, out of space, that's kind of kind of unbelievable, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a like literally unbelievable, you know. So um, I don't know. I I don't. I think that uh, it could be have some relation, but they're. I think they're gonna go with that storyline, you know, kind of similar to Rogue One, where it has that guy. I forget his name, but it's Forrest uh, Whitaker. Force Whitaker, I, um, <laughs> Force Whitaker's character, and um, you know, see, uh, I think they're gonna stick or, stick with that. And the Rogue One people are, 
You know, I, that's one thing. People who don't like the new Star Wars, they like Rogue One still. I agree with that. And and we're going to be in that time period, and we're going to be somewhat related to it, directly related to with through some characters. So I think people are going to be pleased by this game story-wise, potentially, and gameplay-wise, I think it's an easy sell. Like I think that's that's going to be the best part about this game, uh, I mean, based on what I've seen so far. I agree. I agree. Do you think it has uh, potential to be game of the year? Uh, yeah, I would say so, based on the fact that 2019 didn't have a whole lot of impactful games in, to me personally. Um, I think it definitely could be in the running. Uh, 2020, if it came out in 2020, I would say no, because there's so many games that we know are coming that are going to be way more impactful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it definitely has a chance for this year. And um, if it doesn't you know, get up there in the top, you know, four or five or whatever it ends up being. Um, I think that it could, you know, it, it definitely deserves a slot up there. I don't, I don't know if it'll actually win, but it yeah. deserves to be up there. It, I mean, based, based on what we've seen, obviously we haven't played it yet. Yeah. Cause I, I think we are kind of getting to that point where we do have to start wondering what will end up being in the game of the year. I, I believe that borderlands three will, I feel like kingdom hearts three Red Dead redemption be. two is going to be a hard one to beat. Red Dead Redemption 2 was in last year's Game of Year. God of War beat it. You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts, I believe, is going to be in this year. Um, this Borderlands 3, maybe this game, possibly Astral Chain. And I, I think Death Stranding, uh, which comes out November, I think that will. I, I think that will yeah. po- probably take the cake. Probably. but. And uh, I'm doubtful, but Modern Warfare will be in in this year i have well, yeah but. i have to agree I, I think so i think those are going to be the big the big games coming up but with that said possibly pokemon sword and shield as well i don't know yeah that's Link's awakening there, I guess. maybe mario I, maker 2 i don't know if that would make it but i would be i'd listen if it if it makes it, it's got my vote uh yeah <laughs> with that said this was a fun episode of the player five podcast thank y'all for joining y'all can find us on spotify Apple podcast google play and stitcher i got it right that time also the hub city post.com city spelled with an s shout out to nick um yeah our non twitter and instagram yep our uh twitter at player five pod and instagram at player five underscore podcast reach out to us there let us know what you think topics you want us to talk about we've done them before and we shout y'all out with that said brendan it's a fun episode appreciate you hanging out with me yeah we'll see you next week guys and we will see y'all next week 